Thanks for tuning in to Mysteries of the Mind, a podcast revealing the way our unconscious minds shape our lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Bader. I want to talk today about what has come to be known as Trump fatigue. Now, I suspect that this is something that especially afflicts political liberals or or moderates. And therefore, if you're conservative or like our president, then perhaps you can listen to this analysis as a way of understanding, quote, the other side. But first, a confession. I'm one of those liberals. And so my analysis comes as much from my self-scrutiny as it does my psychotherapy practice. So again, I'm not an unbiased observer, and if that's what you're looking for, or if you're tired of liberals criticizing Trump, you better turn off the podcast now. But first, some definitions. Trump fatigue is the experience that one has of being bludgeoned every day by one more grandiose or bitter presidential tweet, one more personal attack on a politician or foreign leader, or one more distortion of reality. But what are the psychodynamic reasons that Trump's antics cause such fatigue? The first reason is that we're helpless to stop him. Trump commands the airways, social media, and even the coverage of his liberal media critics. He's everywhere, every day, talking trash about people, insufferably bragging and lying to our faces. The House might stop his wall, but we can't stop his pontificating. Helplessness, we know, is psychically toxic, and we respond as we always do to any kind of helplessness, with outrage, depression, or both. But outrage and depression each saps us of energy. Outrage is especially problematic, I think. See, anger is often the way our minds respond to helplessness, isn't it? You think about it this way. Anger seeks to enforce our claim to agency. It's our protest against passivity. Anger reflects our attempt to get up after being knocked down. Our minds try to use aggression to resist Trump's assaults. Anger is also our way of opposing gaslighting. See, Trump's lies, his constant need to create and maintain an alternative universe in which he's the greatest president that ever lived, are attacks on our reality testing. When someone's trying to drive us crazy, gaslighting us, there are only two possible responses. We either fight our way through it or we succumb and comply with it. Again, Either response takes energy. Holding on to and forcefully asserting our own experience of reality against gaslighting requires a lot of psychic force, a lot of energy and momentum. But the opposite reaction, you know, surrendering and complying with Trump's worldview, a worldview that we know deep down is crazy or evil, utilizes even more energy. Betraying our own instincts, our own selves, takes a toll that's far greater than the effort expended in outrage. 
<clears throat> now, obviously, this outrage over Trump's obvious psychopathology is especially common among liberals. But each time we feel it or observe others feeling it, it's as if we're seeing and feeling it for the first time. Outrage almost always contains an element of shock. Think of it as a sort of what I would call scandalized indignation. This outrage is a curious phenomenon because, you know, there isn't a single grandiose utterance, not a single humiliating tweet, not a single bald-faced lie that isn't completely understandable given Trump's psychology, namely given his malignant narcissistic character disorder, which has not only been professionally diagnosed repeatedly, but has been hiding in plain sight for decades. See, Trump is constantly defending himself against anxiety and shame. You don't need to be Freud to understand this. It's common sense. I mean, think of the last time you were in the presence of some bloviating, self-centered braggart, usually, of course, a man. Was there any doubt that this guy was desperately trying to hide or compensate for feelings of insecurity, feelings of insignificance, or feelings of weakness? See, Trump is just such a man. He wears these conflicts on his sleeve. What the hell is shocking or surprisingly horrifying about this? So it was striking to me how on the day that Trump called himself the chosen one, and called the president of Denmark nasty, that Chris Matthews and his guests on MSNBC were shouting over each other, competing to show who was more outraged at how reckless and crazy the president of the United States really was, as if Trump's mutterings that day were anything more than a natural and predictable expression of his need to defend himself against feelings of being small and of being shamed in public. See, Donald Trump is a narcissism, paranoia, and sadism machine. Every day we see symptoms of these pathologies. We should accept this fact and our inability to change it to start with. At his worst, Trump is like a crazy and abusive parent forcing us to protect ourselves with some combination of outraged aggression or helpless protest. We seem to have to continually review and defend objective reality because these attempts to maintain our own sanity takes a lot of energy. They take a lot of energy. In the end, we just feel tired and depressed. Now, obviously, the we who gets the most tired and depressed refers primarily to political moderates and liberals. I'm sure that the same character traits that pummel us might energize many people in Trump's base. But for liberals, surviving the Trump era means finding ways to compartmentalize, accepting that we're powerless over the inevitable stream of his crazy provocations while simultaneously trying to live our political lives aligned with our values. Now, I know the elephant in the room of any discussion of Trump's psychopathology is that he obviously has tremendous power and is using it to destroy the environment, 
undermine our democracy with a quasi-fascist and racist political sensibility, dismantle the welfare state, and engineer a massive shift of wealth towards his fellow economic elites. Obviously, the fact that he has power makes all the difference. Part of aligning our political lives with our values, then, means not only working to defeat Trump in 2020, but to shift power in Congress towards a progressive democratic agenda. It might involve becoming active locally, you know, arenas in which democratic values can still thrive. It might involve demonstrating in the streets against the fossil fuel industry and their political enablers. It ultimately has to involve organizing for power. As Rachel Maddow frequently says, we have to pay attention to what he does and not so much to what he says. And here's the bottom line. We cannot block out the poisonous messages generated on a daily basis by Trump's malignant narcissism. But we can instead focus on what we can do to resist his actions. In the end, I suppose it's the serenity prayer. We have to have enough serenity to accept the things we can't change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thanks for listening to Mysteries of the Mind podcast. To learn more about how your unconscious mind really works, please tune in next time. And be sure to visit Dr. Bader's website at michaelbader.com.